Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM 95.9. Very good evening to you. It's just gone 8 o'clock. Thank you for joining me. This is My Money and Me. Thank you so much to Dr. Cindy. She, of course, will be back again tomorrow at 7 p.m. Coming up on the show tonight, it's never too late to look at your career plan or if you're thinking about changing career paths. Fumile Msweli, our resident career, our resident careers coach, joins me tonight to talk about a possible career plan. Our businesswoman on the move is Ndoni Mtunu, founder and chief executive officer of Black Women in Science. I'm so looking forward to that interview a little bit later on the show. And Mzi Malunga is going to be our Money Lessons guest this evening. Please stay with me over the next hour. This is My Money and Me. 95.9 Right, let's get into it. Vumila Msweli is on the line. And of course, we're taking a look at the career plan for 2021. With everything that's happening, are you prepared to reach your career goals in 2021? And I know it can be, you know, a little bit overwhelming because there's just so much happening right now. And you would think, really, am I looking at a career plan at this point? But maybe it's the one thing to get you going. You know, sometimes it's really important to have something to look forward to, something to work on. It's always good to keep busy when there's so many other distractions and not great distractions. I mean, we're still dealing with COVID-19. We're probably going to be dealing with that for a long time. Why not look at something else? Vumile, a very good evening to you. Thanks so much for your time. Good evening, Sumitra. Season's greetings to you and our listeners. Yes, we are still there. We are still in January. I feel like I'm midway through the year already. It's it been... feels like June, but unfortunately, <laughs> we're still in January. Or should I say, fortunately, because we get to do a little bit of planning. This is it. So we're still in January. Look, I think that it's, you know, at any time it's good but at the beginning of the year always gives you a good sense of let's find some direction for the year ahead let's plan it gives you good goal posts as well so you can monitor yourself uh, monitor yourself six months down the line or 12 months by the end of the year this is what I aim to achieve so take me through it what what does one need to do um, to have a career plan maybe let's just first start with what exactly is that career plan So a career plan, in essence, is an actionable strategy. It's got clear points, clear measurements. Um, You you can actually articulate exactly what it is that you're trying to achieve. But the best thing about a career plan is that it's not just a strategy you stuff off somewhere and be like, oh, there's actually a wish and a hope. But it's, oh, it's now this, it's the second week or the third week of the month. This must have been done by this point in order for me to actually arrive at where my destination is going to be. So what does one need to pull together in order to get the strategy off the ground? So the first point for me is always look at your time period. You know, I always joke and I say, um, I think it was um, T.S. Lewis who said, if you don't know where you're going, any road is going to lead you there. Mm -hmm. Let's find out where is it that you're wanting to be in the long term, 
which is obviously between about five years, I'd say, so in five years' time, the dreaded interview question, where do you see yourself in five years' time? That's long-term. Then we go a little bit short-term to medium-term is in the next two to three years, where do I want to be? And then anything less than a year is short-term. So we plan for our destination in five years' time. Remember, it is a fluid plan. Obviously, we didn't see things like COVID happening. So your plan could be as simple as diversified income using my skill set. That's where I want to be, five income streams in five years' time. Then you say, okay, in three years' time, what needs to happen to make sure that that happens? And then what do I need to do in less than a year and what do I need to do next month to start working on those various revenue streams if that is indeed your career plan? Okay. So then how do you actually – so how do you decide which kind of – you know, whether you want the short term, medium term. I mean, if you, does it really, it, I, th- I suppose it depends on age or does it? Um, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I've had uh, clients, you know, who are a little bit more mature and they were about years away from retirement changing careers. But they long term goals and career plan at that time was I'm going to be retiring and I need to set up a business. I need mm-hmm. to transition from a corporate animal into an entrepreneur. So that was their 10 year plan. So it's never actually too late to actually start planning. So that's one way of looking at it. But also, if we're just planning too far ahead, we, we sort of live in this visionary state as opposed to getting practical action points slotted in in order for us to get to that point. Okay. So. I think what what I was trying to get at is depending on your age, you should be deciding on whether you want to do short term, uh, medium term or long term. I mean, of course, you have that advantage if you are starting really young. You often hear people saying, I have a five year plan or I have a 10 year plan. My my niece, my niece is only 16. She's going to be 17 this year, but she's got an entire life plan. She has everything from what she's going to study and what she's going to uh, become and what she right down to where she's going to retire. I sometimes laugh, but I find that so interesting that you could plan so far in advance where some people would just be spontaneous. Let, let life lead me where it needs to. Um, I love that. I'm a little bit like you, niece. So I had a plan at the age of 20, and it, and my plan was at 13, I leave corporate, and that's, that's exactly what I did. Mm. So what I decided at 19 is what I implemented until 30. So now four years later, I'm living out pretty much the plan. I didn't know all the revenue streams I'd be getting into, but I had an understanding of where it was, the direction per se. So let's remember that these plans are directional. Life obviously does happen. But even in the plan, it's important for us to identify what our actions are going to be, state objectives, and what success is actually going to look like. Otherwise, we're in a constant state of planning and never achieving much. So I suppose the action plan is really important. I mean, I think that's so impressive that you had a plan at 19 and you filled it right through. Um, do you have to be a certain personality in order to do that? Or can you actually train <laughs> yourself to do that? Because I, I do think to, that's impressive. Are you trying to my A personality type? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, usually they say the A personality probably would have done about two or three plans in that time. Yeah, definitely. I don't think necessarily it's up to personality. I mm. think the planning every type of personality can do. Where it's going to be a little bit different and you add your own personal flavor is going to be in the execution of it. Um, first of all, even in looking at the plans, our goals are going to be different. Our interests are going to be a little bit different. Mm. Our abilities and relationship building in that 
space of executing the plan is going to be fundamentally different. I work with clients who are whose you know carefree attitude I admire so much because I'm anxiously planning, <laughs> making sure every single goal is done, yeah. and they're more like, ah, oh, you know, what will set us be? Such is life. What will be will be. But they seem to somehow, in their fluidity, still execute. So it's definitely not personality bound, but I think every personality can come up with a plan and execute it with their own personal style. I always say that it's important to know yourself, know your strengths and know your weaknesses. Afropolitans, I'm talking to Vumile Mswele. She's our resident career coach. And we're talking about a career plan, putting one together. If you have any comments or if you have any questions for Vumile, please give me a call. The number 86 so Vumile, I mean, you talk about execution. Implementation is just so important. So there's no point in having all of these great plans. And whether it's short term or medium term or long term, um, no plan is a plan if it's not actioned. That's true. That's definitely true. And I think the first step, a lot of people say, okay, fine, Vumi, I've thought about this long term, medium term. I've got a semi idea of where I'm wanting to go. So what's next? What's next for me is we do a SWOT analysis. What mm-hmm. I know we're all tired of hearing it, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Mm-hmm. But between you and the exec- successful execution of that plan, let's assess. Uh, Sumitra, you mentioned the, the, the importance of knowing yourself. Yes. By knowing yourself, you know, okay, I'm good at this. Oh, this is going to be a bit of a, ch- a challenge for me. So how can I then find people I like to call anchors? People who will help you along your way as you plot your path. So I'll use myself, for example. When my business started expanding, I realized I'm a great strategist executor, but I am not enjoying those little details every single day. So I had to find someone whose admin was amazing, who could execute immediately as fast as I was thinking thoughts out, turning those thoughts out. That was an opportunity for me to get and hire someone by by really addressing my own weaknesses that allowed me to say, okay, the plan to get X amount of revenue within the business is a little bit easier because I've addressed it. So having anchors, um, key human resources people, I know I talk a lot about technical skills and expertise that you might need to get there. Those are all key anchors in your plan. You know, you don't have to be doing something massive. Um, in order to achieve this, right? So we talk about the SWOT analysis, and I always like to look back at uh, Richard Branson. Um, I mean, if you've read up about him and you know a little bit about him, the CEO of Virgin, I mm. mean, you he always says that he dreams up all the ideas. He has all the creative ideas, and then he surrounds himself by people that can actually make it a reality. And there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Um, I think the biggest thing is, and we all hear, we all hear the teamwork makes the dream work. Mm-hmm. Um, but in essence, that's exactly it. Having people on our team will help us to execute. And some of us think we have to do all of it on our own. There are fantastic groups that you can join. I know Masterminds is quite popular. A mastermind group to help you actually execute some of these things. And remember that, uh, ladies and gents, that um, the plan isn't a grand plan to take over the world. The plan might be as yeah. simple as I want to retire five years early. Or the plan might be as simple as I just want a little bit more extra revenue. Or the plan for you from this particular industry to the next industry. It doesn't matter how big or small, but if you're wanting to get there, that plan is critical. So, so just on that 
you know, on the, you know, if you're doing the SWOT analysis and one of your weaknesses is that, um, you know, you hate the admin, you don't want to actually, or you don't want to, you know, do the phone calls for whatever reason it is, you can actually help somebody. Would it be advisable to tell somebody, look, if you are looking at a longer term career plan and if you're not that disciplined in actually getting it done, you know, when you talk about having an anchor, should you start with something small so that you, you know, over a few weeks, see how you achieve that and whether you've met all the you know, met met the criteria or or achieved what you set out to do, uh, would that give you a boost in actually, you know, uh, working on the long-term plan or the no, medium-term plan? I definitely agree. Setting those short-term goals and actually seeing, and the important thing is not, you're not always going to execute the way you thought, but by observing things, why didn't I execute? Oh, I didn't execute because there was no accountability. Or I didn't execute because I thought this was the dream, but it actually isn't. Mm. Because if it was, I may have paid a little bit more attention. So even in the non-execution with the short-term goals, it, sh- it lets us know where our gaps are so we can plug them in and then try again for the next short term. So even if it's a weekly goal of I promise myself every single week for an hour, I'm going to work on another revenue stream, for example. The week ends, it didn't happen. Mm, this mm. might be an accountability issue. Who can I buddy with that will keep me accountable to see where am I? And then all of a sudden you do that and there's a shift. So that, you know, those small wins either give us confidence or they give us an opportunity to learn what needs to get done to, uh, to, to fix it for the next time. I like it. You know, it's almost like, you know, doing exercise or going to the gym. I mean, you start small. I mean, if you hate it, if you hate exercise, you don't want to get out of the bed slowly, you know, if you do one exercise at the gym by in three weeks time, you're probably doing you know, three different things. Vumile, I've got a, a caller on the line. We've got Mangaliso uh, from Mpumalanga. Mangaliso, a very good evening to you. Thanks so much for calling in. You have a question for Vumile? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a question for uh, Vumile. Go for it. Okay, my question is, uh, I'm having a recycling, I mean, I'm every two years, so I'm trying to, to contact the, the funders. So I want to know, the funders are not responding. So how am I supposed to do? Because they're already the department keeping the, 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 the invoices and, and information to follow up. So how am I supposed to do from there? Uh, Vumile, if I'm, if I'm getting that correctly, he's running a business. He's hit a few roadblocks. What does he do going forward? Is this something for him to think about whether he should still be there and persevere or change tack? Yeah, so the best thing there, Mangalisa, it's really about expertise, right? So you are clearly, um, this, is your, this is your business. Is this something that the first is to realize, is this something that's impacted everybody in my industry? Or is this as an essence unique to me? If it's impacted everybody in my industry, how are other people starting to, in essence, counter that? I know you mentioned funding. And I think we all know with COVID and what's happening now, a lot of, a lot of our um, uh, funders or potential investors are, are really tightening up their purse straps. So what can you do in order to execute on that invoice? Are you going to be able to barter with other people? Or is it the point where you realize that actually this industry is probably dead and it's not for me? So it's really about going back to what was the plan initially? Where did you fail in executing it? What can you learn from it? And can it be repurposed for something else? Or is it time to, in essence, let it go? 
I think it's a very valid point because right now, I mean, the world is changing and we have so many struggles right now. Um, we're being impacted so heavily by COVID-19. I mean, this would be something that a lot of people deal with. So is it okay to actually have a career plan for that really short term, look at something that's actually going to bring you in some cash flow, uh, bring you in some revenue um, and get you by until you know, um, the world changes until our economy changes, until those opportunities in where you actually wanted to be initially changes for you. And then you get back into that. I am a big believer in that. I'm a big believer in doing what you have to do until you can do what you'd like to do. So in light of where we find ourselves, um, initially you might have had another business plan to say, oh, you know, for example, I'll sell hair. And um, the market has now hit you and you're like, oh, actually, Fed cooks are the way to go. I'm not going as what I'm going to do. Mm. You have to be able, you have to be nimble enough, specifically in this economy, to adjust in order to get that revenue in. Remember also, even in slight adjustment, when revenue is coming in, it's a capital gathering exercise that will allow you to reframe and reposition yourself when the markets do change, if they ever do change. Okay, let's quickly go through the rest of the SWOT analysis. We've identified our goals. We need to look at our interests and abilities. That's really, really important, right? It definitely is. And the reason why that becomes important, if we just look at our SWOT analysis, we know what we're good at, we know what we're not so good at. But if we don't know where our natural affinity lies, we won't be able to actually commit. Because a lot of it, money is not always enough, unfortunately, to keep us committed. And for those who say, Bumi, that's a lie, Look at your very first job. How happy and excited were you to get that salary? A year later, you weren't that interested anymore. So money is never enough to keep someone solely engaged. So by making money, which is important and lots of fun to do, having interest in what it is that you're doing will keep you committed. Also, the ability to see what are my talents. So yes, for example, um, in my case, you know, I studied accounting. That's a skill that I have. It's an ability I have, but it's not necessarily something I was really interested in. But working with people is what I enjoy, dealing with the psychology. So when I pivoted from career coaching and being able to do financial coaching, I was able to use my abilities to get my foot in the door to do what it is that I actually wanted mm. to do. So when it comes to our abilities, we mustn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The skill set that you have, if possible, how can you repurpose it in order to leverage it in order to get that coin into the bag? A big part of this is also once you've decided what it is that you're going to do, you cannot work on it in a silo. You've got to meet people. You've got to, you know, as you say, you've got to network. Relationship building is also really important. I mean, how how would we do that right now um, during COVID? I mean, you know, it's all about social distancing. I love the way you said because when we think networking, we're thinking like brunches um, at a hotel somewhere <laughs> with some croissants. And this is now networking. And I trade my business card to your, for yours. Mm-hmm. That's not really networking, right? It's called, that's, a net, that's attending a networking event. It doesn't mean efficient networking is happening. Efficient networking is the ability to meet someone and build relations with them that become mutually beneficial. That way they're sustained in the long term. So... Even at looking at something like that, people are like, but when we don't get to go anywhere, it's COVID. Mm. And I know I'm the queen of preaching LinkedIn, but LinkedIn, ladies and gentlemen, going through people's DMs and asking for virtual coffees, having conversations with people at, at Woolworths. We are such social creatures that we are desperate for connection. It's the most interesting thing. I went to grab um, a cup of coffee and obviously mask on, etc. 
And just like tapping someone on the, on the elbow, oh, sorry, can I move? Oh, sorry, I didn't see. Oh, it's been a, oh I don't know. What, what are you getting here? Mm. All of a sudden, the conversation starts happening. And it's like people are excited. Oh, can I actually, it was a funny thing even at the bank today. My bank teller asked me to take his phone number if I need any help. And then phone to check up on me. We are so desperate for connection at the moment that it's something we should be leveraging towards our networking and relationship building. As much as you want to grow your business, the person next to you wants to do the same thing. And potentially you could do it together by collaborating and leveraging relationship building. Well, there you go. A ton of advice on what to do. I'm feeling pumped. I feel like, you know, I want to look at something else. I want to get... I want to get going. I mean, there's tons of things that's on the to-do list right now, but uh, I'm sure we can get something small just to get you going. Um, you know, um, I feel like I want to get something going right now, just having spoken to you, Vumile. Thanks so much for your time. As always, it's great to talk to you, Vumile Msweli, our resident career coach. Where can we find you? Of course, the conversation continues on the social media streets. You can find me at Vumile Msweli, V-U-M-I-L-E, M-S-W-E-L-I, career coach on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, as well as on Twitter. Thank you so much. Coming up next, we're talking to Ndoni Kunu. She's the founder and chief executive officer of Black Women in Science. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.